welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, and with you as always. In today's show, I'll be previewing week four for fantasy football in 2022. Big questions, starters, sit, booms, and busts. Also, some trade talk to leave lead off the show. I was actually planning on doing it last week, forgot to. So we're doing it this week. Buy lows and sell highs that you should pursue in trades in your fantasy football league. And I think this should be maybe one of the most impactful segments on the show. As no matter what your team's like, these guys can apply. These are guys that you can go out and trade for. Like, for example, the buy lows that people are lowering on, but that really they shouldn't be, that they're kind of overreacting to some bad performances early on. And then some sell highs, just some players to get value for before they plummet off a cliff. Some players with some unsustainable numbers. I have a couple of those. Three buy lows, two sell highs. And then big questions, starter sit and booms and busts as well. So it's going to be a packed show. So, of course, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast. Uh, Second goal fantasy at gmail.com for emails. Send fantasy questions everywhere. Start sit questions can be sent on the Twitter as well. I do a live show every Sunday at 12 answering all your specific start sit questions if you have a specific one that's not mentioned on the show. So yeah, I'm always around free fantasy football advice as always. So thank you for tuning in. Let's jump right into trade talk. I don't know if I've ever actually clicked that button before. I know I made that a long time ago. I feel like we never did that segment like for just a long time after I made that. So I don't know if we've ever done a trade talk segment where I had like that music like that, but I have no idea. Um, Anyway, buy low, sell highs. First buy low is Kyle Pitts. Yes, the same Kyle Pitts that everyone was hyping up in the offseason. And then they're going crazy because he had two bad weeks. Well, first of all, he came out against the Seahawks and put up five receptions for 87 yards. So he was a better buy low last week. But I still think people are low on Kyle Pitts because five receptions for 87 yards, especially if you're in like a standard scoring league, that's not that much. I feel like people don't really see that as a win. A lot of fantasy managers won't see that as being huge. And they'll still be kind of scared of Kyle Pitts. You should pay preseason prices for Kyle Pitts or close to it because he is still a top five tight end for fantasy football, probably still a top four tight end for fantasy football, maybe even top three, like after the tier of Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey Pitts is right up there. Maybe the next best guy. He is an athletic freak. The coaching staff knows they have to get him involved. And he's the only target here others outside of Drake London, but look how well, I mean, Drake London's done and look how many targets there still have been to spare for the rest of the offense. They just haven't been going to Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts hasn't been like for some reason, they haven't been throwing him the ball. They haven't been throwing like their best receiver the ball. But that changed last week. Of course, it's going to continue to change. It is an outlier beyond belief. Kyle Pitts had over a thousand yards in his rookie season. Don't forget that. The only reason he was bad last year is because he had like two touchdowns. If he had had more touchdowns, I mean, people would have been going even more crazy than they are right now. So buy low. Joe Mixon's another buy low. Yes, Joe Mixon's been very, I mean, he's been inefficient over the last couple of weeks, but let's not, not just forget about what he did last year when he was a top five RB, please. 12 carries for 24 yards isn't great, but what about all those times he ran for 130 and two scores last year and caught a ton of passes and had a ridiculously absurd snap share? This means, all of this means that Joe Mixon is going to have positive regression because Joe Mixon is out there on the field more than almost any running back in football. And so that means good production when you are a good player like he is. He's been getting the work, maybe not as much last week, but he will be effective and he will be great. This has happened in years past. Sometimes he's been inefficient, but it all comes together for him in the end and he will put up some big games for sure. So buy low there. And then Austin Eckler. I mean, my goodness, people seem to know that Austin Eckler is a buy low because I got like I have him in one league. I got multiple 
like just absurdly trash offers for him, which I mean, sure. Like, obviously I didn't accept them. So maybe for me, like you're, you're going to have trouble buying him low for me, but that's why I'm suggesting this because people generally are valuing Austin Eckler so low that they have the audacity to send Brees Hall and Jeff Wilson for him. Like what kind of offer is that? Like, my goodness, I'm sorry for calling out you specifically if you're listening to this show, but that is horrific. I also got Hollywood for Austin Eckler straight up. Like, who do you think I am? What kind of like, like moron would I have to be to take that kind of offer? Austin Eckler's a first round RB very clearly heading into the season. I'm not taking Hollywood just because he had a hot start to the season because DeAndre Hopkins is coming back to the team. Like, he had, sure, whatever, four carries last week against the Jaguars. He still had eight catches. He's going to be fine. He's going to get his touchdowns. He's going to be efficient. And he was just a demon last year in terms of fantasy points. So, I mean, if those offers show you anything, it's that people think I'm stupid enough to take Austin Eckler for that low of a price. And sure, you might have to pay a little more than that, but you could pay a lot more than that and it'd still be worth it in a trade for Austin Eckler, who still should be valued as a top eight running back in fantasy football. Still, definitively, he should be. So, yes, the panic train is choo-choo-chewing on a lot of these guys. So let's move to sell highs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the easy choice here. I think he's the RB4 in fantasy football half PPR. His efficiency numbers are off the charts. Actually, not last week. He had seven carries for no yards, but had five catches, had a touchdown. The week before that, he had a really long run. Then the week before that, he caught a touchdown too. So he's just been putting up some nice numbers. But we have seen the same old thing from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If you take away, I mean, obviously, you don't want to do that. If you take away this and this and this, all his good things, he was trash. But the thing is, it looks so similar to how it was last year when he was just so bad or just so mediocre for you because he doesn't get consistent touches. He had 10 in week one, 12 in week two, and 12 in week three. That's not top 24 material. And he's not very efficient normally. Like once again, last week, he wasn't very efficient. I mean, he had the benefit of a long run the week before that. Like he's not a very efficient running back and the, the Chiefs just won't give him a workhorse role to make up for that in terms of fantasy points. So if he doesn't stumble into the end zone, He's not going to be good for fantasy football at all. Sell high. I got him off my team, and this is a real trade. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Christian Watson, and Jacoby Myers for Brandon Cooks and Jamison Williams. And Brandon Cooks is another guy who I think is kind of a good buy low as well. But my goodness, I see that as robbery, considering what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's price was in preseason. I haven't seen much change from him. It's great if you drafted him and you got some good weeks out of him. Now it's time to sell. Sell before it gets bad and before he becomes worthless, becomes worthless again. Because the one bad thing about Edwards-Hilaire is that during preseason, if you rostered him, he was impossible to get off your team because nobody wanted him. Now people do. And that, again, is a real trade I made that is going to be, I'm pretty sure, an absolute scam. Because, like, I mean, I, I, I and I'm like, the, I, I'm, I'm not joking when I say, like, the league chat reacting to that trade thought it was fair. And, like, I had arguments for both sides of the trade. Like, how is that even possible? Like, when you think about where Clyde Ritzelaire versus Brandon Cooks were in the preseason, this is a no brainer. I picked up Jamison Williams as well, which I'm happy about. So, yeah, sell high on Clyde Ritzelaire. And then Gerald Everett, tight end four in fantasy. Gerald Everett's not going to be like terrible, but this is just kind of, I, I think if someone really needs a tight end in fantasy football, like it's a specialized situation like that, you can really take advantage of them because Everett has had a number of good weeks. He's been like just either getting into the end zone or having enough targets to be productive. But there are, again, a lot of targets in this offense. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler's a lot to compete with. If the Chargers aren't like going crazy in a game. And again, like I mean, with Rayshon Slater getting injured as well, this offense might take a hit. If the Chargers aren't going too crazy in a game, game 
like in terms of passing Gerald Everett might just have kind of a bust game. Most tight ends are inconsistent anyway. So, I mean, don't like sell them for nothing, but if someone really needs a tight end and are willing to pay good prices for a position you need, then you can sell. So yeah, those are buys and sells. I, I think I genuinely believe all of these are going to like legitimately help your fantasy team a lot. So you should go pursue guys like Kyle Pitts, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, because it's an opportunity to get an elite fantasy player at like not an elite kind of price. Like, I mean, you can sure go ahead and send out those garbage offers for Austin Eckler that I got. Maybe someone will be crazy enough to take that. And then, you know, in the negotiating that you have a lot of leverage because you or I mean, I guess not leverage, but you are willing to go much higher on Austin Eckler. But of course, play your leverage and try to get him at a cheap price if you can. But know that you are willing to pay big prices for Austin Eckler because he's going to be great. So let's move on to big questions. Three big questions. First one, is Drake London legit? Guys, I think Drake London might not only be legit, he might be being overlooked. He's the wide receiver 11 now in fantasy football. He was one of my late round guys that I touted. Of course, I touted Traylon Burks more, and I'm still waiting for that breakout. But I liked Drake London as well. And he has been getting a monster target share and has been like exceeding my expectations for sure, because I thought he'd be capped a little bit more by Marcus Mariota. And sure, I mean, that's going to happen from time to time. But he's gotten enough work through the passing game to where he has been on fire for fantasy football, at least 9.9 half PPR points in every game two touchdowns so far this season 25 targets putting up a good amount of yards and yeah i mean he's going to continue to be very good he is legit he's established he was an early first round pick for a reason and he's going to continue to help your fantasy team so i think i mean definitely not a guy you're looking to trade away if you have him maybe even a trade target in fantasy football if people are kind of overlooking what he's actually done Will Romeo Dubs actually be the Packers wide receiver one? That's a great question. I think the answer is maybe, and more likely than not, I think he will be. He caught all eight of his targets last week for 73 yards and a touchdown against Tampa Bay. That's a tough defense, number one. And number two, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have many receivers that he can trust to catch all eight of their targets. Romeo Dubs is legit. He's been hyped up over the summer. He only, I mean, he dropped into the fourth round. It was mainly due to injuries. He's a good, good, good talent. And now he's establishing himself in the NFL. So I like Dubs is potentially the wide receiver one in the future there. I think I'll take my L on Christian Watson because he's going to be maybe good, but just kind of inconsistent. I think he's still got some upside, but maybe not to the level that I preached it in preseason. Although, of course, he was like not very costly in drafts. So that's why I was so adamant about him anyway. But yeah, I'll take the L on Christian Watson. It wasn't really the right Packers receiver. I think Romeo Dubs is the guy that is the right Packers receiver to break out instead. Can Greg Dortch continue shining in fantasy? Great question. Me, who wrote the note sheet. Yeah, he's been a wide receiver too in fantasy football back end. He can continue shining, but he also might be a guy you're looking to give away if someone will pay good prices for him because DeAndre Hopkins is coming back very soon in just a few games. Then Greg Dortch will be relegated to the wide receiver three role. There's just not enough consistency in that wide receiver three role for him to continue doing what he's been doing. But yeah, sure. Like if you have him now, and you have three more games out of Greg Dortch, go ahead and start him because he's been very, very good. He's been putting up wide receiver two numbers, getting a lot of looks, 23 targets, put up at least 9.8 half PPR points in every game and put up over 50 receiving yards in every game. Not bad for a guy who was on practice squads for the first three years of his career. So yeah, Greg Dortch can continue being good as long as DeAndre Hopkins isn't back. Let's get into starter set. Three guys here, A.J. Dillon versus New England. I think he has to be a start. A.J. Dillon, of course, has had a bad couple of weeks, but you should throw him back in the lineup. 
because he is, I mean, he's really right up there, even with Aaron Jones in terms of the amount of touches they get. He was also used in the passing game just a bit against Minnesota. That was good to see. I think Dylan or it, Jones is the primary pass catcher, but Dylan's maybe the primary goal line back. So he's a guy you can trust against New England, I think, because the Packers are going to be leading in this one. New England likely to be missing Mac Jones, and this offense is just going to be anemic with Brian Hoyer. So I would, I think we're going to see a big A.J. Dillon game, probably 16 or more carries and maybe some receptions as well and some looks at the goal line. You should throw him in the lineup for sure. Tony Pollard versus Washington. He's also a start. I'm not a big Tony Pollard proponent anyway. I think he's too inconsistent, but he's had a great last couple of games. And this Washington defense has been horrendous just in terms of, especially having not even played like that incredible of teams. They've still just been horrendous. They were decent last week against Philly, but Jalen Hurts just still dropped like 330 yards on them anyway. And I mean, partly that was because the offense was so horrible and it's hard to play defense when your offense keeps taking sacks. But even so, like, I mean, every offense that has played Washington has put up some nice numbers. And Tony Pollard, I mean, he is a guy who is explosive and able to beat them. And he will get some looks. And this Washington defense, one of the things they've been worst at is allowing massive explosive plays. And that's what Tony Pollard's best at, too. So we could see a big, like, 70-yard run from Tony Pollard that gets your fantasy week, uh, makes it worth it to start him just on one play. Juju Smith-Schuster versus Tampa Bay, also a start. All starts for this week. Juju's had like two decent games, one bad game. I think it's a better bet that he'll have a decent game, and he hasn't gotten in the end zone yet, which is also very possible in a game where the Chiefs will be throwing a lot. So Juju, a start for me this week, although probably more of like a somewhat risky flex play. Let's move to booms and busts. Two booms, two busts. The first is Brandon Cooks against the Chargers. Look, it's the guy I just traded for. Boom. He had two receptions for 22 yards last week. Still seven targets, though. I think people are hitting the panic button on him too early as well because he is getting the same work that he got in the past. 29 targets this season so far. And now he's facing L.A. Against Justin Herbert, we know Davis Mills is going to need to throw the ball a lot. And Brandon Cooks is the undisputed wide receiver one here. There has never been any doubt about it. So target him as a boom. And then Traylon Burks. I'm just going to keep saying it every week, guys. I know I was wrong last week, but here we go. Once again this week, Titans OC. We need to get Traylon Burks more involved. That's what they are working to do at the moment. Against Indianapolis, whatever. That's a fine enough matchup. He's going to be good. Once he gets a touchdown and has that one long play, he's going to go crazy. So maybe... Like I think in you, I would rather I'd be more comfortable starting him in a deeper league. If you're like in a shallow league, probably not. But Traylon, I mean, still, you don't want to miss the boat on that first big boom game. I know he hurt you last week, so maybe don't start him. But even so, I think he's going to break out. Like if you have a deeper roster, maybe multiple flex spots, you should probably start Traylon Burks. And I know it's crazy, but he is going to go nuts soon, very soon. I promise. And maybe and I think it's a good chance it'll be against the Colts this week. Bus Tyler Conklin versus the Steelers. He's been pretty good for fantasy football. Just Zach Wilson's coming back. And we never know who Zach Wilson's going to throw to. And last year, we saw the differences between who Joe Flacco threw to and who Zach Wilson threw to. So that's why I'm scared of a guy like Garrett Wilson, too. Like, I don't know whether it's going to be him or Elijah Moore getting the targets. I think Garrett Wilson's still okay. But just a guy like Tyler Conklin is such a fluky breakout. It's hard to trust with the quarterback switch. So he's going to bust this week. And then Devin Duvernay. I like the matchup against the Bills because it's going to be a pass-heavy game. But Devin Duvernay has just lucked into a lot of touchdowns as of late. Got two catches last week, picked up 
another touchdown. He had that kick return touchdown in week two, then had a touchdown in week one as well. He just hasn't had like a ton of targets or a ton of receptions really over the first three weeks of the season. So it's hard to rely. I mean, he's had eight, eight targets over the first three weeks. Like you wouldn't expect great fantasy production out of that, but Devin Duvernay has been a wide receiver too because he's gotten pretty touchdown lucky. And he had two touchdowns actually in week one against the Jets. So that's great. He's a risky play, but it's going more likely than not to fall off this week statistically. So I would probably sit Devin Duvernay if you can. So that wraps up the show. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF. Send start sit questions over there at SGF pod, second goal fantasy at gmail.com. A lot of info this show. I hope this helped. Enjoy your Sunday football. Be sure to tune into the live show on Twitter at 12 to get all your start sit questions answered. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time.